The FIFA World Cup takes place next week in Moscow. There will be an elaborate opening ceremony culminating in a beautiful rendition of the Russian national anthem by President Trump. <laughs> Jeff Sessions says that it's necessary to separate children from their parents when detained at the border. He doesn't understand that doing so would be like separating him from his precious. <laughs> the Miss America pageant has announced that they've discontinued the swimsuit competition and that they will no longer judge contestants on their looks. I, for one, am glad to hear this because I always watch the pageant for the articles. <laughs> President Trump says that a delegation of officials from North Korea delivered him a letter from Kim Jong-un. The letter said... Would you like to lift economic sanctions? Check yes or no. <laughs> We've got three punchlines for this next joke. You be the judge. Yesterday marked President Trump's 500th day in office. Well, technically fifth day in office, 495th on the golf course. Well, time sure flies when you're crouched shaking in the fetal position. <laughs> Though he insists the fake news media has the number wrong, and it's actually his five millionth day in office. The Trump Report starts now. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. <laughs> I'm not even sure how I feel about playing Fly Eagles Fly in any situation, but it seemed appropriate, and uh, since that is one of many big stories that we will cover in this installment of the Trump Report, uh, welcome. I'm Christian Blatt, joined, as always, by Tamara Brown. Hi, guys. I feel like this song, if you took out the words, it sounds like what they play uh, when Kim Jong-un enters the square. Yes, we also <laughs> would have accepted, it sounds like it's from the soundtrack of Tri Triumph of the Will. Uh, Scott, say hi. Hello, everyone. Uh, we are uh, here, as always. Uh, Chelsea did not get arrested, but uh, she is in court. So uh, mm. take from that what you will. No, I don't know. <laughs> she had like a deposition or, you know, some fancy. Something fancy. She had some fancy lawyering. Lawyer yeah. stuff. Uh, let's start off with maybe not the most significant story, but it is the story that the episode is named after, which is indeed the fact that President Trump canceled the meeting from the, well, at the White House with the Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles. And it's, you know, it's obviously customary that these sort of things happen. If you win a championship, you get to go to the White House. Now, last year, we already saw some rumbling about people that didn't want to meet with President Trump. And I guess what it came down to in this instance was there probably would have been about 10 people from the team there. So it would have been really noticeable. And there are probably some that would have wanted to go, but they were just like, this is going to be too much of a headache. You know, I don't I, I, I'm going to support the rest of my team. I also don't want to be one of only 10 people in a photo op or maybe 12 people in that case. So President Trump canceled it, making the point that uh, this is because of players kneeling during the national anthem, despite the fact that Eagles players apparently uh, kneel in prayer. Uh, not during the national anthem, but again, it doesn't matter when you run the media. Fake news is what you say it is. That's the footage mm -hmm. we saw, right? Or yeah. Fox News showed. Right, exactly. That's mm -hmm. what that footage was. So, uh, you know, I guess the White House saw this as an opportunity to make kind of a, a quick political statement, you know, focusing back on the kneeling to try to save face from, you know, I think even the Eagles mascot wasn't going to go. <laughs> you know, they tried to send the Philly fanatic in his place from another sport, but even he didn't want to go. So, uh, Tamara, I'll ask you, what do you make of all this? 
Um, forgive me, who's the quarterback for the Eagles? Well, you really just put me on the spot there. Because <laughs> the, the one that they had that won the Super Bowl was the replacement guy because oh, okay. uh, what's-his-face got hurt. Um, so what was the well, point? Well, what I was going to say is that I suspect that maybe even not even the quarterback, but somebody on that team, uh, Trump has seen a lot of his photo on Melania's computer lately, and this is sort of uh, a punishment. Melania doesn't get to meet her favorite Eagles player, and that's... That's why. I mean, I think that's an that's certainly an interesting theory. Mm -hmm. Uh, And you know, I mean, look, Melania wasn't going to be at the meeting. She already goes to anything. No, Mm -hmm. but uh, (laughs) Scott, what do you think about this? Uh, I know it was like political statement, more like political stunt. I mean, it's ridiculous. It shows what a crybaby Trump is because he knew people weren't going to be there, and if people weren't going to be there, it was going to make him look bad. So of course, he tried to change the dialogue and make it all about disinviting them, much like we saw with the North Korea summit. So it's all about making him look as good as possible because he knew he was going to look horrible in the situation because nobody wanted to be there, which is understandable. So that's what he did. He did a stunt instead and did the whole patriotic thing about the flag uh, earlier today, which was uh, a little ridiculous and silly. Which, but, for the Trump administration, it seems like they, yeah. they're playing it off as a win-win instead of lose-lose. I stopped yep. typing because I was, I was literally typing out Eagles quarterback. His name's Nick Foles. I remember. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. I did, I, it was somewhere in there, but uh, obviously I was, you know, I was really focused on the news, not so much the football. Uh, and speaking of which, by the way, our friend in the booth, Marissa, has uh, created yet another uh, fun graphic that you can see. <laughs> and uh, she'll bring it up full screen for those of you uh-huh. watching on the YouTube. And uh, there he is. Look, uh, at, look how happy the Donald is. Uh, you, you would think that... That that was I, I don't know that it was just a, a satchel full of white castles you know the 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 crave case of uh, hundred white castles that's that's the only time I would expect them to look like that. Uh, I've been noticing lately that there's an inside joke amongst every media outlet that uh, if you I follow uh, like every news organization on Twitter Fox News both right and left and every single news organization uses the most horrible photo of Trump that they can find for any headline, good or bad, in favor of him or against him. So you're saying regardless of un- slant, they use an effect. I think un- we use a, a very that favorable one. Yeah. And, I mean- and this is no slight on his appearance. I, I would love to take, you know, jabs uh, like that. But this is fine. But these the photos I'm talking about are like the most unflattering. I feel like it's this inside joke amongst the media that they're just like, this like we can use a worse photo yeah. than you did. Yeah, yeah. I, I, was, I mean, I don't want to take a jab, but I guess I will. I don't know if he really has a good <laughs> photo. Right. See, I so, didn't want to say that. Like, I know, but it's true. That's like, why I don't think they way. have but, anything. Let's put this it this way. Fine. A- everyone has photos. photos where they look better than others. There are certainly better photos of Chris Christie than others, <laughs> like the one where he's in a celebrity uh, softball game. Uh, Google mm-hmm. that and yeah. you'll stab your eyes out. You so uh, do it at your own risk. Right. But, Thank you for uh, that disclaimer because it's true. You want to make sure you don't look at that without His very heroic uh, Twitter um, icon, what do you call the – your, you your know, avatar. Your avatar, yeah. yeah. yeah that, that one is so – like you can just hear the national anthem looking at that one. <laughs> so he, he, has, decent, he and... has decent photos. <laughs> the media will just not use them and it cracks me up. I love that little inside joke that they have with each other. Mm. Look, you gotta have fun somehow when you're. <laughs> you don't, uh, you're don't in the you? Media. When you have a clown in the White House, it's always got to be a little bit of fun, right? <laughs> uh, someone who the media was much more fond of was <clears throat> President Bill Clinton, who I think 
maybe somebody didn't think it through that he's doing a media tour for a book that he co-wrote with James Patterson. Pretty sure James Patterson could have made the rounds without you. People probably mm-hmm. still would have talked to him. But, uh, you know, and look, I'll give credit to any reporter that actually asks these questions. He's clearly not expecting to get them. He's figured, like, this has been 20 years. Obviously, nobody cares anymore, right? Asking questions about Monica Lewinsky and the fact that, have you ever apologized to her? And he did give the best answer to a question you can ever give. Yes, no. <laughs> it's, it's actually what he said in the, in the interviews. The first thing he said was yes, no. And then he elaborated that he apologized to to the world. He apologized to the country on multiple occasions. So he felt like that was fine. And I would say that uh, it's, I don't know, if, if you don't want to apologize to her, you don't have to. But don't, don't pretend that it's okay. You know, he's just like, I, I haven't talked to her. I was like, well, you know, you, you barely ever talk to her, I guess. So I don't know. I think that uh, it, it's a valid question to ask. One, have you done it? Because uh, he claims to be a supporter of the Me Too movement. And obviously it's apparently a long list of circumstantial accusations. But there is a cloud around Bill Clinton that, uh, you know, may, maybe he's not the poster child for Me Too. Uh, Tamara, what do you think about him getting the questions and your honest opinion? Do you think that at some point in the last 20 years, maybe he could have called Monica Lewinsky and said, you know, sorry. Is that, it sorry too that late we, now to say sorry? <laughs> so, sorry that we destroyed your life, essentially. Because you know he owns that Justin Bieber album, so mm-hmm. he knows the song. Oh, he could have I mean, whipped yeah. it out at any point. I think he, he would have sang it, uh-huh. possibly. Mm-hmm. I had no idea it was a Justin Bieber song. I'm not going to pretend that I knew. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I, I do think it was important to bring up the question because um, usually whenever anybody mentions anybody, any politician with any sexual deviance, wrongdoing, and uh, Trump's... Um, uh, alleged um, sexual assaults and anything anybody says about any Republican candidate, somebody will always say, you can't, but Bill Clinton, Bill Clinton, Bill Clinton, anytime, um, it's just been coming up a lot and as long as Me Too has been trending. So I think the question did need to be asked. And um, was the second part? <laughs> well, do you think he should, uh, at some point in the last 20 years, I mean, may, maybe even a note, if you feel like it's awkward to get on the phone with her, maybe you just, you know, on Office of Bill Clinton stationery, you just say, like, you yeah, know, I, I, think, mean, I think the way this was handled. More uh, so than even apologizing for the incident in the first place, he should have apologized for what happened to her, oh, her life. Yeah, that's the part I'm talking ruined. about. The, yeah. the incident in question can be apologized for or not, but I mean, I think that the way that they went after her is, and, is and certainly something to you apologize know, for. Still, a hack comedian 20 years later makes Mono, Monica Lewinsky jokes, and it's she's just always will have that association, and that's unfortunate. That's can you can anybody imagine what that's like? You know, it's he yes, he should have apologized. Uh, yes, he's he's had he's had ample opportunity. You know, I know he's a busy guy, but but uh, then he said he just said something like, "I've apologized to everybody," yeah. as if to say like, and that includes she, her. That includes her, but <laughs> it's, it's like. like You know, uh, we were uh, talking about this on the uh, podcast that I co-host with Dennis Miller. Yes, the Dennis Miller option on Podcast One. Sorry to name drop. Yeah. (laughs) And he, well, because I don't want to steal his idea because I almost did. So I figured I should should give credit. (laughs) And although now that I got so wrapped up in the plug, I forget what the point was I was going to make. Oh, and this is what Dennis said, was that 
you know, I as in you know, and I agree with Dennis. I I don't need an apology. The rest of us, you know, he can, we we can take it or leave it. That's up to you. But yeah, I mean, I don't need one. You know, instead of everyone else, how about just her? You know, don't right. apologize to us, uh, Scott. I guess that obviously this question had to be asked. What do you think about the answer he gave? And same question I asked Tamara. Do you think he should have at some point in the last 20 years apologized to Monica Lewinsky? Um, I would say he should have expected that question, first of all, because of the Me Too moment. So it shouldn't have come as a surprise because, like Tamara said, this is always the counterbalance to Republicans that, you know, when when liberals are making a big fuss about it and they like rightfully point back to Bill Clinton and how people kind of let that slide back in the 90s. Um, but I felt like his his response by listening to him, everything, he felt uh, a little put off by it and uh, very defensive. And um, it's something that, you know, that he's going to have to deal with the rest of his life. And he should have been a little bit more contrite about it. As far as if he should apologize, I think that's really a, again, that's a personal thing between him and monica Lewinsky. it's not really even for me to say or the public like he said oh i apologize to the public um which like you said doesn't mean anything because it's really between him and her um and that that apology really goes between him and her as well and it's really none of our public's concern or business if he should or shouldn't um i think just at a human level of course he should have um because he completely ruined her life and made her a point of uh, a butt of jokes now forever and uh, that's all she's ever going to be known for and um why he has so many other things and and used his own power to be able to continue doing other other things past the presidency that she doesn't have that opportunity to do so yes but really it's between him and her when it's all said and done and we know that he's uh definitely uh much much like trump which is why i used to always joke that's why they were such good friends back in the day because they are very similar (laughs) in a lot of ways you know in, in uh, the womanizing and uh, the stretching of the truth and everything. So they do have a lot more in common than most people realize. And I don't think it's any more right or wrong to say one person did something wrong and the other one gets a pass because they're liberal. liberal. It's He definitely did wrong as well. And, um, you know, he should really face the consequences and he should have not been surprised by being asked a point of question like that at all. Yeah, I think, you know, at at the moment, you know, maybe instead of, I don't know, signing a pardon for Mark Rich, you just send her a little a little note and you say, "Hey, sorry about that." A little a gift f- basket. Yeah. A fruit basket. Yep, yeah, yeah, that's what I say, fruit edible basket, arrangement. edible arrangement, exactly. Yeah. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. A, a gift certificate to her local dry cleaners and just a little note that says, "Sorry <laughs> about that." Look, there's a lot of different ways that it can right. go. But I understand where President Clinton is coming from because he really feels like this is in the past because he had been given a pass on this. And I think that after, you know, there are certain voices, some in the media, but a lot of them outside of the media that are just like, why did you give this guy a pass when you when just some of the very specific allegations? And so you could just see he's like, what? I I wrote a book and I'm like doing this as a favor, you know, like so uh, I don't know. I think that. He's not going to be out on the um, interview trails uh, that much, but I also think he'll probably do one more interview because uh, his team will have formulated a much better answer than Mm -hmm. all of this. I feel like if you are any any anybody who has been publicly accused of sexual assault, if you had it in you to genuinely be sorry when you're apologizing rather than just apologizing because Mm -hmm. your reputation in the media warrants that if you had it in you to genuinely realize the power structure and that you should be sorry, you would have had 
ethics to not to happen in the first place. Like, right. It's a, basically what I'm saying is I I don't think it's possible for uh, any any of these men who have been accused of these things. I don't think it's possible for them to have a genuine apology because if they understood the gravity of the situation, it probably wouldn't have happened. Yeah, place. I think if one morning Bill Clinton woke up and just realized all the things that he's done or alleged to have done, uh, he probably wouldn't ever get out of bed again. He would just be like, oh, my God, I've been, been so been such a terrible person. But anyway, he was president, so there's that, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, uh, let us know what you think in the chat. There's a, a lively conversation going on in there that uh, we won't share. Uh-oh. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's, so you have to be watching live to see it. Uh, another uh, big story is that the Supreme Court has sided with the Colorado Baker who turned away a gay couple. Uh, I think that there are a lot of angles in here. First, I'm most surprised that the Supreme Court actually ruled on this instead of, you know, kicking it back down, being like, you know what, let's let's stay out of this. Because more than anything else, you've set a precedent now. And the language tries to make the point, like, you know, you can't just bar a lot of services just because of your beliefs. But I, I do understand, this is one of those rare ones where you're like, well, I understand why someone might be like, you know, this is kind of, this is not really what I believe in. I don't want to do this. And I guess the Supreme Court felt that you shouldn't, you know, be able to force people who provide, you know, in, in, in any kind of service. They're like, well, no, you have to do this. And I, I mean, I guess that's what they were thinking. I, I You know, it's a, it's a multi-layered complicated issue. So I go to Scott Moore because uh, you'll understand it better than I do. <laughs> but uh, no, what do you think, first of all? Uh, are you surprised about the decision? Uh, I, I was... I, I I guess I'd have to say I was surprised by the fact, like you said, that they took the case. And then I was surprised by the number of 7 to 2. But it, it is complicated because it was, it was more on a technicality issue. And it's not a blanket, like you said, to just go out and discriminate because of your religious beliefs uh, compel you to. It was more that this... You know, in a way that this particular case, that this cake was an artistic thing. It wasn't just like you're serving um, pancakes at your restaurant. It was yeah. this was an artistic design, and you're taking it as that this was a creative thing, and that someone shouldn't be forced to make a creative thing for something that they don't believe in. Not so much that they're serving you coffee at the diner, and they're, and they're saying my religion doesn't compel me to serve a gay person or, or whoever. Um, so it, it was definitely on a technicality issue. However, I think it has opened up another can of worms that now is going to make the Supreme Court now have to answer to a lot more of these, and that's going to make it um, a lot more difficult because there isn't a very clear line of being able to say, okay, well, what's creative versus what is you know servicing, uh, uh, providing a service and a business to to the open to the public. And that's where you're going to start having those issues because I think some people will just be like, well, now I can discriminate against whoever I want because God tells me to. And you're going to end up having more cases and more lawsuits because now people are going to be going back and forth with this instead of looking at this as this one issue, which they did try to say. This was just this one particular very specific case. But by doing so, again, I do believe that they have now opened the Pandora's box here of having other uh, similar issues that they're not going to have to answer to. And it's, uh, it's, it's such a gray area that it's very difficult to to make a, a universal ruling on something like that. Right. So the distinction you're trying to make, or I guess that you're explaining that mm-hmm. the court was trying to make, is that you can say, yes, I don't want to do this artistic endeavor, but you can't 
say, I, I don't know, you know, uh, I'm a I'm a doctor and uh, this person with a broken leg, I'm not going to treat them because uh, they have, uh, you know, they're part of a same sex couple. Right. You know, so like you, you can't provide you can't bar services, but an artistic expression. And look, I've seen some cakes that are really well designed, but uh, the majority of them are hardly artistic endeavors. Uh, but uh, I don't know. Tamara, what do you think about all this? Um. I, I guess I'm surprised because um, it seems that, I guess, in, in my world of the, the Republicans that I come across, they seem to be socially um, liberal, but, you know, fiscally conservative. So I guess I always assume that that's what ha- happens now. So I am surprised that this, uh, that that's what the ruling is. Um now that you explain, it was a matter of the creative decision. It does. It is a weird technicality. Is, I, I still disagree with this. I do decision. too. And it, but it was just for that one case too. And that's what yeah. they were trying to painstakingly say. Because Anthony Kennedy, who's also the swing voter, went in favor of the Baker in this case. And you actually had Stephen Breyer and Elena Kagan, who are liberals, also siding on this. So um, then you had a couple more of the conservative justices wanted it to be more broad. So it was a very weird specific Because it's basically here. saying, if I went into this bakery and I was like, I want my cake to say... Can I say the C word? Let's not say <laughs> the C word. You know, it's funny. I've, I've run into this in a, if in a few said, shows. If I you want can, that you, yeah. on my cake, I want this on my cake, they have the creative liberty to say, we're not going to do that for you. Yes, right? well, exactly. Well, and it was basically like, I, I think... Um, you might have heard in the news a couple weeks ago, uh, Publix had an, an issue because somebody had made a cake in South Carolina for, you know, and it had... It was a summa cum laude. Cum, yes. Yes. Uh-huh. And, and they wouldn't so they, print and it they out put because, dot, dot, dot. Yes. And I think that's a perfect example <laughs> so. of how cake making is, is not really an artistic <laughs> endeavor. You know, I mean, look, you don't have to Ooh. know Latin if you make a cake, but maybe just Google like, what are they I trying to I think there's some Food Network celebrities that would disagree with you on oh, that one. I'm saying it can be. Right. I'm just saying it's not automatically. You know, look, I think that, uh, you know, like a Costco sheet cake is a pretty amazing endeavor, at least in terms of the way my stomach feels about it. <laughs> but I think that, you know, sometimes people just, yeah, they put the dot there. That's a, yeah, I, I, I'm glad you brought up that story because I had wanted to talk about mm-hmm. it because it's just so absurd. It is. That, again, if you don't understand what something is, it's like before you decide, like, well, mm-hmm. we're not going to do that. And, you know, the kid who was summa cum laude is just like, well, it's kind of funny, right? I mean, I, I don't I would laugh. I don't know. I don't I know what my there. parents would have felt about yeah. it. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I think that what this really does is it, it, it really, like we were saying, there are going to be so many more instances mm-hmm. of cases now that maybe they would have ignored or, you know, like not ruled on that they kind of have to now yep. because they've done this yeah. and because of the very specific wording. Uh, you know, I I obviously you feel for a, a a gay couple who wants to have a cake made and being denied. I can at least on some level, even though it's not my own personal belief, I can understand where the baker's coming from because he just feels like, you know, look, this is this is what I believe in. I believe in this is wrong. And I guess to you know the the extreme example that you can use is you know 
happy hooding for your initiation into the clan cake. Well, maybe I don't mm-hmm. want to make that one either. Anyway, let us know what you think in the chat. Uh, by the way, like happy if you've hooding. if you've ever seen, <laughs> I that, would I would love I if that's say, what those ceremonies <laughs> were called. If, if anybody <laughs> have a happy hooding ceremony. If anybody uh, has has seen one of those, please uh, share it with oh us at Trump Report ABTV. Uh, you know, congratulations, <laughs> Grand Wizard. You know, yeah. I don't know. Exactly yeah. You're happy. Yeah. Uh, anyway, it's Brett's happy uh, hoodie. <laughs> Invite everybody. You know, uh, I, I want to sort of uh, move on to something else. Uh, Tamara, you uh, referred to the C word, which I think we can use, but I think I choose not to. Um, no, I know, Marissa. Don't worry. Marissa's like Marissa. Marissa very rarely speaks during the show. I knew yeah. God was the a woman. voice of God came over so there. So the word cuddling will never be said on the show. That is that is an yes. evil C word. No, yes, of yes. course we're not going to use it, uh, but. Uh, I did want to talk a little bit about it, and I, I feel like if uh, Chelsea were here, this would be a, sort of an interesting stance for her. Because uh, obviously Samantha B uh, got into uh, some hot water because she called Ivanka Trump a feckless C-word. Thank you. <laughs> you know, there's actually some uh, places where even saying, like, C-word is something like, no, no, just don't yeah. even go near it. You know, like uh, broadcast radio, it's probably like, Mm-mm, no, no, because then that leads to the question – Daddy, what's this? What's that word? <laughs> and my answer will always be cuddling. Mm-hmm. But uh, anyway, and I think that whatever you think of President Trump, whatever you think about Ivanka, uh, the timing couldn't have been worse because you do it the same week where uh, you know Roseanne has a racist tweet, which is much much worse of not comparing the two. But mm-hmm. there was a huge media story about somebody tweeting something and losing their job for it. Now. Uh, this seems on the level where you can get away with just, you know, an apology. Uh, I don't know if it's a heartfelt apology, <laughs> but it does beg the question of when did that word become okay? Uh, and it, are people so blinded by their hatred for President Trump that they feel like it's okay to call his daughter that word? And yes, I completely understand that she has some kind of weird role in the White House that I don't think any of us will ever understand. Fifty years from now, we still won't understand what her role was mm-hmm. in this White House. But I don't know that that makes it okay. It always seems like you know you don't go after the the families of you know presidents or elected officials and things like that. So I felt like you know a lot of times people overreact to comments that people make and I felt like this was a bit much and you know in in an age of you know like like a woman calling another woman that it doesn't make it okay I think if a man had said it maybe the reaction would have been worse but since we have Mm -hmm. a woman here on the panel why don't I ask you Tamara (laughs) what you think before I ask Scott first let's throw to our Mm c-word correspondent Tamara Brown (laughs) yes Um, all c-word news from here on in you will be our official official. c-word correspondent I mean I I think that the distinct difference is that a woman called another woman that's what made the difference if this was if Stephen Colbert had done that segment he I believe he would have been fired I think that's the exact reason that's the exact difference between Roseanne that's the only thing that saved her from Mm -hmm. having the same fate as Roseanne because if um, if a person uses a derogatory a racially derogatory word who is from that racially derogatory it's not met with the same 
No, I, look, explain, I, I you know, know what like, you're saying. Yeah, and yeah, look, yeah. this is a complete hypothetical, yeah. but it, it, because she worked on Roseanne's show, I'll use the example. Is, this would never have happened. But what if Wanda Sykes had tweeted out that tweet about Valerie Jarrett? I think the reaction is a lot different. You also don't have to fire the star of the show. Mm-hmm. You know, and, exactly. And, the yeah. reaction is a lot so different. So a woman using the word because I, I, the intent behind it is a lot different. Right. So the intent behind. Uh, her using this it's it's not for for a woman to use that word on another woman especially another woman of because in comedy you can't you never want to punch down mm-hmm. and she's using that word on a wealthy woman in an extreme position of power you know it would be another thing too if Samantha B were using that word on some you know um I don't know, female Trump supporter who was uh, an, some economic, like, down, like, she's not punching down by using, but in that joke. So I, I, maybe it was inappropriate as far as, is this where we are in media now? Like, just, no, you know, FCC be damned, like, no holes barred, anybody can say whatever they want. You know, maybe it was just, um, propriety you know social propriety it was it was not okay but as far as being like offensive i don't i don't think she should have had any sort of like penalty yeah i mean look i obviously there were people calling for her to be fired and i didn't feel like it was that sort of thing whereas roseanne's comment you're just sort of in a situation where like well you have to because it's racial this is just Rude, and of course, you know the is rude. Yeah, the, the White House mm-hmm. taking the the stance that uh, they needed to fire her. I'm like, well, that probably only helps a show that's on TBS once a week. You know, I think I know people at least on the coasts know that show and like it. But I feel like mm-hmm. there's a lot of people who go, sure. wait, who said what? So I think that you know it's uh, probably probably didn't hurt, and I believe she's going to talk about it on her show this week. Uh, mm-hmm. So I think that might help a little bit, uh, help the show, the fact that uh, there, was, there was all this attention to it. But again, I didn't feel like she should lose her job over it. And at least she did apologize fairly quickly. And I, I look, I, I'm not a woman, so I, I can't say whether it's okay You're or not. You're not the Trump Report C-word correspondent. I am no. not. I, but I am the D-word correspondent, <laughs> if that comes up at any point in the near future. Uh, which I think it does most uh, episodes. But I think that, I don't know, I just, I find it surprising that a woman would feel okay calling another woman that when it's on television in a comedy show. I mean, conversationally, I, I, I've heard the way you, some of you gals talk. <laughs> but, uh, Scott, what do you think about uh, um, the, the whole the whole kerfuffle, to use a fun yeah, word? Yeah, I, I mean, I... I agree with Tamara. I think, you know, if it was if if she was just doing stand up somewhere, that was probably a better use of the word than using it on a TV show. She probably should have used a different word um, on a TV show like TBS. Um, You know, if it was even HBO or Showtime or Netflix or somewhere else or maybe she could use that word and, and get away with it a little bit more or obviously stand up and it just happened to be taped or whatever. Maybe that would be something that would be a little bit more understandable. Um, but I agree with Tamara too that she was punching up and that the fact that it's not just Donald Trump's daughter, uh, she works in the White House as an official and just like him, when she posts things out there, she has to be able to accept that people are going to say things about her and her responses and so Samantha B was calling her out on what she thought was a very ill-timed response um, and just, again, something that was just silly of, of posting something on Twitter when we have real issues going on with the immigrants' kids that were missing and separated and taken away. 
but again, yes, I think a, a smarter, a better word would have been um, just better in the situation than using that word. But it, it is a powerful word, and like Tamara's saying, when it's when it's used, it, it, it can be a weapon, but it's also a very powerful word that can be used, you know, in a way to really bring home a point. Um, and she did use it, but it probably, yeah, it wasn't the right context in this yeah, situation. Yeah, and, and I, I guess striving to make your point stronger. Look, we live in a fairly unfiltered society thanks to social media mm-hmm. and Netflix and HBO and all these other things. Uh, so if you had called her a, a feckless bitch, you're like, okay. Mm-hmm. I, I Obviously, I think you would have had – look, Fox and Friends would have been really upset. But uh, apart from that, I don't think it would have been much of a story – but also, it, it's not what they were. They clearly knew what they were going for right. by using that. They're word. going for the jugular. They're yeah. going for that power that's going to really turn heads. But yeah, I agree that I don't think it's a fireable thing. I think it's something that obviously she probably should apologize for. Just the context of the show. However, I think it's um, not being a woman. I think it's a, a, a woman's prerogative and a right to be able to use that word as they feel it's necessary just like you know a gay person using the f word and other words like that that again were words that were used to bring down people that people can now use in a way to be a sense of empowerment but in this way it was used used in a, in a negative way um but again ivanka trump has to be prepared to yeah as a public I, official i i don't think there are that, a lot of the reaction is just that like oh she must be devastated mm-hmm. by this i mean yeah. you you would hope that you could be have at least a little bit thicker skin than that considering that your president your president well your president <laughs> and your father but your father has been president uh for about a year and a half now and the way your father talks <laughs> on a daily basis on twitter yeah um knows that you're poor, used to it poor billy bush you know, he was just sitting there, just trying to laugh with a guy he was going to do a segment with. He's the only guy that's really had any fallout from any of There this. we go. Why doesn't, yeah, if Samantha B should just dismiss it as locker room talk. Right. Yeah. There you go. The, yeah. And then just all, locker room talk. all of the conservatives will be appeased. Right. It was just locker room yeah, talk. Yeah, of course. It wasn't a big deal. Uh, exactly. Now, there are, uh, of course, uh, there. you know, here at the show, we have been uh, still waiting for our back-ordered commemorative coins for the mm-hmm. North Korean summit, but it's back on for June 12th. So, Scott, I mean, I, thank, so what's today's goodness. the 5th? Today's the 5th of June. Yeah. So we have one week until the summit. Mm-hmm. Thank God. And what if I don't have my coins in time? That's what I was worried about, too. You know, I, mean, I got my commemorative hat for the Royal Wedding. Yeah. That came in. Thank God. You're fascinator. Yeah, you, you mean? Exactly. And uh, I wore a monocle with it. Well, that's just what I do. <laughs> uh, but I need my commemorative coin. But uh, I don't too. know. It's, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess it'll be interesting to see, in theory, by the time we do the show next week, we'll at least have something to talk about yeah. in the way of it. Um, do you think there's still a chance that it gets called off of course. one more time, but <laughs> then called back on. I'm just surprised that it got called back on for the same day. You know? Yeah, I agree. You could tell that you know Kim Jong-un probably put a deposit down. Yeah, at, that's what I'm like, saying. What's the cancellation at, policy? At the Chuck E. Cheese in the hotel. I was about to say Chuck E. Cheese. Why well, is that the go-to? Because, uh, first of all, they have great pizza and yeah. amazing live entertainment. Uh, that animatronic wonderful. band never hits a band. Yeah, exactly. Maybe we'll all go to Chuck E. Cheese after the show one day. I love animatronics. Uh, so I guess the the real question is, Tamara, what are our expectations and hopes for the North Korean and dreams and yeah? Uh, what are our expectations and our hopes? I hope <laughs> that 
There is a uh, red carpet for all parties involved, and fireworks, and a band, <laughs> and... <sighs> the Chuck E. Cheese band. Mm-hmm. Of course. <laughs> Good. The, At least we're on whatever, the same page. Whatever that... I think that band has an actual name. I know, because I was it. thinking of Showbiz Pizza when I... Like, oh, that's a, Yeah, but... The, also mm-hmm. great. There it's like Hardee's and Carl's yeah. Jr. Yeah. It's the same. It's um, amazing. Yeah, I mean, ooh, is it going to happen? I, I agree with you. I think we're going to see, like, it's uh, another on-again, off-again in the next seven days. Mm-hmm. So, um... Last-minute cancellation. We'll see. Yeah. Sorry, breaking news here. I Googled uh, the Chuck E. Cheese animatronic <laughs> band, mm-hmm. and I, I'm reminded now of a story from last summer. Chuck E. Cheese recently announced that it's always a, a iconic, occasionally terrifying animatronic band would be phased out of its yeah. restaurants. Mm-hmm. We're going to have to do a moment of silence at the end of the I show. Know. Did it say occasionally terrifying? terrifying. <laughs> I, I, because if you've ever seen one where the batteries are starting yeah, to run, it is actually terrifying. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I think that they're actually already retired. What? <sighs> My kids are never going to know the, the terror of that. Anyway, uh, so I got very distracted by Chuck E. Cheese. That's my fault. That's on me, not on you, uh, rest of the panel or the viewer. But uh, I, I don't know. Uh, Scott, what are your expectations for what we have uh, to look forward to? I have none. Okay. <laughs> I'm not expecting very much. And, um, you know, I think a, a good uh, case would be that we don't end up going into nuclear war because someone says something in the middle of the meeting and that would be rad know, if we so. don't go into nuclear so war. I think I oh would, I thought you were saying that if we did I know because, too. because no. uh, yeah you because know, someone they, says something and it gets miscommunicated wrong mm-hmm. in the translation and, then, and somehow yeah. you know someone sends out a we go I think to, it would be super rad yeah. if that did not happen yeah. we go yeah, to I nuclear agree. war because uh, they, they served raspberry shasta and <laughs> then that translates into something and it turns into a whole thing uh, well uh, should let's, we take bets yes, if we think it's going to happen or not well I know We'll, we'll take bets and we'll see if that's going to happen. With the coin and, and I, what if I, I flip a coin ask, on the commemorative coin? I want to ask each of you if which one you think will happen. We'll get an awkward moment in terms of a, of physical greetings with President Trump. You know, handshakes, hugs and things. Not a strong suit. Uh, and then awkward moments over food. So those are mm. two things. Do you think we're going to get either or both of those? Tamara, you first. Mm. Oh, uh, mm. definitely the uh, awkward you know, meeting, interaction, handshake, takes the dusting off of the uh, dandruff and what have you. Mm -hmm. There's definitely going to be that. Yes. Um, (laughs) I'd say that more so than food. And Scott, you thought. Oh, and also, are we going to end up in a nuclear Mm -hmm. war? Will there be a mushroom cloud over our show next week? No. I hope not. <laughs> See, that's I'm just afraid a, to just, that, I'm, not, I'm even afraid to answer that's that That's just what you want. That's not what's um, going to happen. Anyway, go ahead, Scott. I don't know. Is the chocolate cake just not going to be as good um, oh, as Trump's? Yeah, so right. I, I don't that, know. Could that was with China issue? that he had the good chocolate yes, cake, right? Yes, at, um, <clears throat> at his resort. So hmm, that's where I think the food issue comes into play here. Yeah. What kind of well, chocolate cake will be served for dessert? Then, and is it going to meet the standards there? I don't know that I've ever seen him eat Asian food. You know, I mean, he's going to fly McDonald's flying. I was going to say, if it's anything, he's going to fly in Panda Express. Like that would be Chinese food that he's comfortable with. I bet that between now and then there's going to be something that that uh, Trump says that the summit. My bet is that the summit will be not it will be canceled. It will not happen. And it will be blame. President Trump will blame it on something specific that happens between now and then. He'll say it was because of this this thing that he... Or the fake news media did mm-hmm. something that, you know, 
said something that you know, there'll be some easy way to get out well, of Well, I think all three are going to happen. Uh, awkward moment with a greeting, awkward moment with food, mm-hmm. and nuclear holocaust. Sorry. Mm-hmm. I'm just, uh, I'm just uh, t- well, you know, going the long odds. At least I can clear, clear my schedule. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, wait, is Drexel's wedding going to happen before that? I, it I, is. I want to be so able to see. Right, I want to be able to see the posts for yes. it. All right, uh, all right. Uh, now I wanted to put a little space between us and all of the talk about uh, Ivanka Trump uh, because and uh, nuclear war. Well, yeah. Well, that's mm-hmm. fine. That's a much lighter topic. But I didn't want to go from talking about how you know it, it was wrong to uh, say what someone said about Ivanka mm-hmm. Trump before we went into a segment. Uh, so we here at the Trump Report are not investigative journalists. However. We did manage to get our hands on Ivanka Trump's daily to-do list, and we have an exclusive peek into what Ivanka had on her agenda for today. Now, we should have planned beforehand. Do I go first? Go first, yeah. 7.15 a.m. Wake up, recite Pledge of Allegiance to the Russian flag. Mm. 7.45 a.m. Make sure robot Melania is fully charged for public appearances in case real Melania refuses. Mm. At 8 a.m., make coffee, sweetened with one tablespoon of poor people tears. Aww. Delicious. Mm. 9.45 a.m., remind Jared to change Daddy's password to detonate nuclear missiles to something other than password. 10.30 a.m., meet Eric and Donnie Jr. for mimosas and human empathy class. And at noon, read labor laws for international manufacturing, then crumble and swallow. 2.15 p.m., find a good charity to donate all the nice lingerie Daddy keeps sending me. <laughs> really glad I got to read that. <laughs> 3.30 p.m., work with investigators to locate the 1,500 missing migrant children. We'll need them to work our new factory. And at 5.45 p.m., after a long, stressful day, pick up 10 buckets of chicken for an early dinner with Daddy and Roseanne Barr. And uh, thank you uh, for uh, for helping us uh, compile those. I know Tamara, you worked very hard. Uh, you know, you had sources inside the White House mm-hmm. that were able to uh, get those things. Investigative reporting, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. Using uh, that budget wisely, we have. <laughs> there's there's a lot of uh, legal things in the news this week that I, I do feel like. You know, it's funny because we have Chelsea, who's a lawyer. We have Brooke, who's in law school. Neither of them are here for us to navigate some very tricky legal waters that won't stop us from talking about it a little bit. But I do feel like it's going to come up again uh, next week. Uh, But uh, Rudy Giuliani, um, was he a good hire? Before we even get into what he had to say, (laughs) do you think... President Trump is still all in on uh, hashtag Team Rudy, Tamara? Yeah, yeah. He was absolutely a good hire as far as Trump's concerned. Because uh, everybody just listens to, to what he is like, Rudy, Rudy's crazy. I think he's a little... He's a great guy. Yeah, great wow. guy. Great guy. Uh, what do you think, Scott? Do you think that there's any buyer's remorse from picking up the Rudy Giuliani <laughs> I option? I would say I don't, I don't think he has a, a lot of choices left these days. So you got to kind of scrape the bottom of the barrel. So you've got someone like Giuliani... You know, I guess he could do worse. He could have, you know, me, someone who plays one on TV. So at least he has a a lawyer that supposedly went to law school. But, uh, you know, he just really doesn't have a great selection of the top lawyers because no one wants to work with him. So, Well, it's interesting because if Rudy Giuliani and Donald Trump are the two people saying that President Trump has the right to pardon himself, then I'm like, oh, then it must not be true. But at the same time, (laughs) I don't know. It just seems like... Everything, you know, when uh, when you're Donald Trump, things tend to go your way. So I, I, not because I think he has any good sense of the law. 
I just have this feeling of like, you know what? He's probably right, but doesn't know why. He just feels like, oh, I must have that right to pardon myself. Which I love the way that he talks about it or tweets about it, which is, oh, I absolutely have the right to pardon myself. But don't worry. There is nothing that I would need to be pardoned for because it is all a witch hunt. And when he puts witch hunt in all caps, that makes me realize that it's unfair, Mm -hmm. the uh, capitalization. That's right. uh, Tamara, what do you think when you hear President Trump and Rudy Giuliani say that he has the right to pardon himself? But what do you also think when you hear that President Trump says there's nothing for him to be prosecuted for? Well, um, first of all, real quick, just when we said that there's no one else that would uh, take the job as Trump's lawyer, I believe Hillary Clinton is a lawyer, so she probably wouldn't oh, mind that would be amazing. <laughs> stepping in there to uh, see, you know, see what kind of magic she could work. That would that would be a great season two cliffhanger would for be. the Donald Trump story. Yes. I, I'm, yeah, I, I think that would be one of those I'll ones. Be, I'll be tuning in for that. We'd if be that talking happens. about that all summer while I we waited for the show to come back. That's a renewal for third season, yeah. right there. Do we? But do we know officially? Is he? Can he pardon himself? Well, I don't. That's why I wish Chelsea was here. Uh, yeah. I, I well, did look into it a little bit, and it seems like there's no. like broad interpretations. The the short answer is no. Um, but the other answer is that it's never really been tested before, in the sense that nobody has been that stupid to actually do that. I mean, even Nixon um, didn't try to pardon himself. He had looked into it, and then when he realized that that was something that likely couldn't happen, then he resigned three days later. So I would say the the short answer is no. And if he did it first of all not that he cares but he's basically admitting guilt if he did do that and second of all he can basically at that point kiss his presidency goodbye because you're now admitting that you're guilty and therefore the repercussions of that are impeachment and even though we know that it takes 67 senators so you got to get a lot of republicans to actually have him removed from office i think you would see more people coming around then because that would be a really bad situation it's sort of like that the constitutional crisis that everyone keeps throwing around with some of the other things he talked about doing like not answering a subpoena and things like that that would be something that i think even his most stupid advisors would say stay away from pardoning yourself because again you're admitting guilt when you do that and it's something that's never been tested before and something that could theoretically end your presidency um so it really wouldn't be in his best uh thing to to attempt to do um but you know, yeah. By the nature of having a pardonable offense, it, it means that well, clearly you did something wrong, and then that uh, changes the narrative. So right. it's almost so you, like you have to not pardon yourself. Yes. Be like, I didn't do it. Right, and then you know, therefore, then Mike Pence could do that pardoning later, and you could say, okay, I'm going to resign or whatever, so that you can then pardon me, and then I don't have to deal with the crime. Like yeah. that was something that you could theoretically do, but I really don't think it's in his best interest to even attempt to do that. And to be fair, Mike Pence does seem like a modern-day Gerald Ford. So I think <laughs> that uh, that should fall to him. Uh, Tamara, in our mm-hmm. final moments here, what do you think about President Trump's interpretation of the law that he could pardon oh, himself? I think, oh, if anybody has a grasp on legalese, it's President Trump. Uh, I I don't know. what he, he, he If this is a person... What did he say about... Um, not um, not making his taxes public, didn't he say? Like that makes him smart, mm-hmm. right? Yes. So, right. so I think you know, if anybody's going to pardon themselves, maybe it is him for the sake of being like, well, uh, he wouldn't he wouldn't associate it so much as admitting guilt. He would see it as his ticket out. It's it's that's being smart to him. <laughs> is is how I could potentially see him mm-hmm. doing it. Of course, yeah. Like I'm saying, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he decided to do that because yeah. he thought he could. Yeah. Well, uh, in the chat, our friend R. Scott Brown says if Trump could pardon himself, he would have extra legal status. 
I'm going to pretend that I understand what that means. Uh, and uh, But he uh, also says something mean. That's the real reason I wanted to read his quote. Uh, affirmative action hire. The intellectually challenged need work, too. So there you go. Uh, anyway, there's a... What's that in reference to? I, I think uh, President Trump. That's that's my uh, yeah. He's the affirmative action yes, hire. Yes, that the the voters uh, basically yes. did that. Uh, anyway, uh, thanks to uh, mm-hmm. everyone who joined us in the chat, everybody who watched live, and if you're watching the archive version, please comment down below, like, subscribe on iTunes, and you can also follow the show on Twitter at Trump Report ABTV. I'm Christian Blad. You can find me at Christian DMZ. Tamara Brown, where do people find you? Hey, find me on Twitter at HeyTamara underscore. And Scott Moore, where you do people find you? You can find me at SMAN80. And make sure you get out and vote. That's right, oh, because yeah. uh, here Hello. in California, wait, Scott, oh, yes. you do have you. And there's I, about seven obscured. other states that are voting today. If you yeah. there that are watching it, it's getting close so, to so, closing, but get out there and vote. So 42 of those states, just stay home, do, do whatever you want. But <laughs> the other states, uh, get out there and vote, because uh, then you're allowed to complain. But honestly, we're America, we're going to complain whether we right. vote or not. Anyway, thanks so much to everyone, and uh, we will see you next Tuesday at 4 Pacific, 7 Eastern, for another exciting installment of The Trump Report. See you then. Bye. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, Buzz you later. later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only. Do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 